This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. The number of the day you're about to see, the number of the day is three. Man, it feels like it's 2018 all over again. It's been a long, long time since we've done a number of the day. The number of the day is three. Anybody want to take a guess? Any of this is open to anybody. The interns, Marsh, Steph, Purdue. Anybody want to guess why the number of the day is three today? Three, three wasn't a charm. Oh, my God. Wow. See, I would have thought the number of the day was 52. Ah. Aww. Aww. It's very sweet. John's having a birthday today. He's 52 no. years old. John Marsh, happy birthday. Welcome into the show. Got socks that are 52. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the gym yesterday. Oh, here we go again. Great. With all the other people who show up on the first and the second. Listen, let me tell you. <laughs> we'll get third. into what's going to happen today in D.C. Mm-hmm. with Kevin McCarthy. You know what's hilarious about going to the gym? And I go to uh, Wilson's over there on Forum. And every January. As a matter of fact, I've taken pictures in the past. January, you get to. And I usually get there about one thirty in the afternoon. Because I have the hours of like a housewife or something. And I get there in the parking lot. In... Excuse me. <laughs> what? what the heck? That's his chair. Sure. Sure. Engineers I need a new chair. Yeah, yeah well, you know. <laughs> Wait until you're 52 years uh, old. <laughs> I'm at the gym yesterday. But at the parking lot at the gym in January, it's hilarious because it is packed. And then I can take a picture of the parking lot like in February and it's. Yeah, non-existent. What if but you have to tell people you're going to the gym? Like, are you really? Because I was also at the gym yesterday, but I wasn't talking uh, about it until right now. Right now. deserves a round of applause. Right. Brandon, haven't you admitted before to sitting on an exercise bike and just watching TV? So I used to right? do that a lot. Oh, yeah. So I would, I could say, yeah, I go to the gym every day. And what I used to do, typically, is I would go to the gym and I'd sit on the bike with my headset and watch Fox News and <laughs> just pedal it along. At show a, prep. Yeah, it was show prep. But the reason I bring this up, John Marsh is talking about on his 52nd birthday, he says he's got underwear that's 52 years old. I'm at the gym yesterday. I have an underarm, long sleeve, uh, uh, moisture wicking shirt. I swear to God, it occurred to me. This thing is 21 years old. Wow. This Under Armour shirt. Under Armour's been around that long? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, okay, the number of the day is three, <laughs> three votes. Let me, uh, first reaction, and I know, and listen, I'm not going to tell any party lines, and I would like to maybe try to offer some hope, but I just, I, I'm not going to say, well, uh, I don't I do not do that. I think you know that about us. Are you going to tell me uh, I was wrong? Because I said yesterday I thought he would get it. I didn't know that I he th- would get it in the, but I thought people would start to move in McCarthy's direction, which is not what happened yesterday. I, I said yesterday, I said here, I said, I'm sure he'll, he'll get through, it'll be fine. Christopher Arps said, I, I don't think he's elected speaker. And as it is right now, uh, it's not happening. How do you react to that? I will say this. It's um, embarrassing. It, yeah. I just don't know what else to say. So today they go back at it. But there were some interesting things, a lot of hot takes. Here's Here's how weird it is. Right now. So we know that that the national news outlets and, of course, Democrats, they're just, you know, popcorn. Did you see some of those Democrats in the House chambers yesterday? Like they were like they like they were at a movie theater. They were thoroughly enjoying watching the Republican Party continue, at least in the House, continue. This is not new. Continue 
to implode. And then Kevin McCarthy's, well, I've got the support of Trump. And I want to say, as a huge Trump supporter, maybe that's part of your problem. <laughs> Don't be mad. It's just things that I'm thinking. So it got so bad. Uh, AOC was chatting with Matt Gates. I saw that. <laughs> and Paul Gosar. Like AOC, nobody talks to AOC because nobody, she's a very unpleasant human being, apparently. Besides, you may not like her politics, everything ever. She's just an unpleasant, self righteous human being who maybe knows. Are her. you talking about AOC or Matt Gates? <laughs> And keep in mind too. There's I mean, they have some things in common. Yeah. There, there's something else too about that that uh, that video that that Brandon is referring to, and that is 99.99 percent of the time we never see that. The only reason we're able to see that is because there is no speaker, and C-SPAN controls the cameras. Once that's true. Yeah. Once there's a speaker. They decide, no, they shouldn't. I think C-SPAN should have, and that's my opinion, C-SPAN should have the decision about where those cameras go, but it doesn't matter who the speaker is there in charge. That's the only reason we ever saw that. Uh, but it looked animated between those two. They, I'm not, they were cutting each other off. I mean, they, it was clearly not a whole lot of listening between those two, a lot of talking between Gates and AOC. Which is probably, whether it's politics, workplace, personal lives, that's the biggest Biggest blockade, in my opinion. We talk more than we listen. Yeah. Uh, so let's listen. MSNBC, check out this. So they have AOC on their show last night. This is how crazy it's got. Listen to the question that MSNBC, and they're asking it in all seriousness. So yesterday on the Randy Tobler Show, Tobler's here weekdays, 4 to 6. We're on Tobler's show yesterday. And we're watching the bank, uh, the bank of TVs, and they're doing the roll call votes. And there were times that King Jeffries was leading because they'd gone through. They just sure. do it alphabetically by, by lawmaker. But... It was like Democrats cheering every time. It was just insane. So, so insane. MSNBC asks AOC this question. Can you enlighten us at all as to, as to what those conversations were like? And is there any hope that you guys work together to get Hakeem Jeffries elected as Speaker of the House? Really? Are you guys going to try to get Hakeem Jeffries elected the leader of the House now? Two things here. MSNBC. So I want to say there's, that's way off. Uh, that's just insane. That shows you the mindset, usually of a progressive. But because things are so crazy and we don't know, there's 20 Republicans, basically, that keep voting the, their nose on McCarthy. They voted for Jim Jordan. They vote for other people. Uh, it is so weird. MS, I, there's all, it's, it's almost a question that you almost entertain. Are, are you working with some Republicans to get Hakeem Jeffries elected? And apparently it's happened before, I believe. Like, uh, and uh, so I think it was independents that switched. Um, but a Democrat uh, from Missouri, I think his name's Champ Clark, got elected speaker, even though the Republicans had technically had control. And that would be, well, that's years and years ago. But yes, uh, that did happen. In 1916. Named, they named a bridge after him, the, the bridge which is still in existence today. Brandon, I you know um, I don't know what AOC's response was to that question, but um, I do think that I don't think that question is out of line. The question they ask about Jeffries, I really don't, because not out of line, just stupid. But you you it, think it's a reasonable question? I don't. Well, under I, I, and without, it, it, and I'm not there. I I just. Because the the alter, who's going to win though? I I mean clearly I know where that's a leading question. There's no question in in Congresswoman uh, AOC obviously wants that to happen, but the the majority is so narrow uh, that you know this is 
And, you know, you've got the one guy that, you know, I can't think of his name. You know who I'm talking about, the guy that's kind of being ostracized right now. Who knows what's going to happen with him? The, the, the numbers are very narrow. So whoever wins this is going to end up being, it's going to be very, very close. But the, it also demonstrates to me, if the Republicans can't figure out who's going to be their speaker, how are they going to get anything done for the next two years? Well, and how are we going to win in the next cycle? And I think, you know, one word I've heard to describe yesterday was just chaos. And I think that's what hurt us in the midterms is, you know, people look at January 6th and regardless of, you know, how you feel about January 6th, it was a bit chaotic for everyone that day. Um, and I think, you know, it, in the interim, there have been some things that have happened that Republicans could have said to have uh presented more chaos and at, at a time where people are feeling very uncertain the american people want comfort they want calm they want stability and so if we continue to be the party of chaos which yesterday was our our current race for rnc is a little bit chaotic then we're we're giving the people an excuse not to vote for us there, i think we got to get over that there's one other very important thing and i hope everyone takes a look at congressman billy long's uh tweets he sent me a tweet last night and i'm telling you this is a very important question as progressive are mocking him but it's a legitimate question without the people being sworn in right now we know what's happening here in jeff city in columbia with geiger they're getting calls in washington about constituent services and his question he just asked the question is it the outgoing uh, congress people or the incoming that are going to handle these constituent questions uh-huh. because that is a fair question and and that's more probably a constitutional question but people or some person say well you, you're good riddance to you or whatever but who's going to answer when somebody doesn't get their veterans benefits or whatever Mm -hmm. lord knows how long this is going to take there's a lot of things going on and then the silliness or the insanity but you're a good point constituent services because when you're a constituent you have whether it's somebody in jefferson city or dc that are helping you with something that's you know your most important thing and that's your lifeline to some kind of help and when you're in this flux right now as a matter of fact so much flux matt gates sent a letter to officials and basically the gist of the letter uh he's talking about the speaker of the house office there's a special office for mm-hmm. speaker of the house u.s capitol uh, matt gates says uh it's currently occupied by representative kevin mccarthy McGate, uh matt gates saying the other day uh, i'm a hard no voted no on mccarthy all three times yesterday so then he fires off this letter uh, House office, Speaker of the House office located by McCarthy. As of this morning, the 117th Congress uh, adjourned, uh, did not adjourn, and a speaker from the 118th Congress has not been elected. Mm. Uh, is this guy a squatter? He uses, how long will he remain there before he is considered a squatter? Because Kevin McCarthy's in that office. Matt Gates is taking time. And listen, they're not the only ones having fun. Dana Perrano, Fox News yesterday. They make the squad look positively reasonable uh, in, in this situation. <laughs> that was on Fox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, on, on the five. That, that was on the Fox five. Fox is on the five. That's, uh, again, then getting back to the constituent services, nobody knows who's yeah. in charge. In our local congressman, uh, elect. He hasn't been sworn in yet. Lord knows when that'll actually take place. Alford told us, Brandon, just a couple of weeks ago, he was hoping to bring the Speaker of the House, and he predicted it would be Kevin McCarthy. He wanted to bring him here to Columbia. Well, that may not happen if he's not not the Speaker. Uh, 874 uh, 9, uh, Text. Uh, text. Uh, play her response. So this guy wants to hear AOC's response. 
mm-hmm. to the question asked by MSNBC. Were y'all talking to maybe see if you can get Hakeem Jeffries elected? The long and short, and, and kind of the response to the question, I think, from AOC gives, gives you an idea of where she's at with the question. You know, I, um, I think in, in chaos, anything is possible. Uh, so to answer your question, she said, she said, no, we're, that's not what we were doing. We're just trying to figure it out. But you could tell by her response to that question, are we? Uh, I think the irony of the whole deal is, what was it, just two weeks ago when Chuck Schumer was saying no drama, no gridlock, no government shutdown this week, and now we're a couple weeks down the road, and without getting the speaker elected, we're kind of trying to shut down the government again. Crazy. For the record, uh, Mike reminds us Nancy Pelosi had more people not vote for her own party. Um, thanks for that. By the way, coming up a, a little bit later this morning, 735, seems like everybody in the workplace talks about this even after work. Uh, good employees, good leaders, especially since the government pandemic that started several years ago. People having a hard time keeping people. And then we see and there's a generational thing, I think, too. Uh, but this guy by the name of Todd Boating. He's a leadership consultant and coach. He's discussing some of these new employer challenges, some things that might help you, whether you are the employer or the employer. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Adjourn what we were doing, get off the floor so the needed negotiations can happen. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, who switched his vote yesterday, as a matter of fact, at one point drew a gasp from a lot of uh, the lawmakers there in the room with him. You think about trying to elect a House Speaker as we get into today's Daily D.C. Rundown. By the way, we should probably start doing the J.C. Rundown, too, now as the legislative session of Missouri gets underway. We are covering that this morning. Uh, You're trying to get 218 people. I think about the number of people. You got John in here and Howlsworth. So there's five of us in here and you get interns and other people running in and out. Even getting us five, the five of us to agree on something. You're trying to get 218 egotistical people. I don't know if they're all egotistical. you got to have some ego, I think, mm-hmm. to run for an office. 218 egos to agree on another different ego. Well, for, wow. the, for the last 100 years, they've been able to agree. And this was the first time in 100 years that we've gone past the first vote. Um, when asked about it, McCarthy said, was today the day I wanted to have? No. Uh, and but asked if he was going to drop out, he said it's not going to happen. So they are reconvening today at noon. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. Um, it seemed I was talking to somebody who's on the ground in D.C. yesterday, and they said it's just complete and utter chaos. No one, I mean, everyone's yeah. confused. And here's and it, you're right. And and part of me is like, okay, how important is the House Speaker? Yeah, there there's something to that. And I think about everything for the Republican Party in context over the past several years. And to me, ultimately, I'd say, you know what, my goodness, for the, you know, because, okay, do you do what your constituents constituents want you to do? Do you do what you think is best for the party? And I would, if I were in that, I would say, you know what, let's, right now, let's take this small victory and let's just, can please vote for Kevin. That's what I would say. Well, one person that's voting for Kevin is uh, liar, liar, pants on fire, George Santos. Uh, he has not been sworn in officially, but not because of his lies, because of the... <laughs> chaos yesterday, um, but he has been supporting McCarthy, and I think everyone knew that every vote counted, and for McCarthy, he had to rely on Santos to get the votes that he even did. So uh, today, but we, you know, it's really hard to make Joe Biden look good, and somehow we are doing that because today he's uh, taking a victory lap. He'll be um, at a bridge across the Ohio River uh, connecting Ohio and Kentucky, basically saying, look what I did. I helped. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Verdicts, but in Oregon, 
A defendant could still be convicted if one or two jurors disagreed with the rest of the jury. So that was a couple of years ago from uh, the Oregon Supreme Court has ordered new trials for hundreds of convicts sitting behind bars. Fascinating story. I wanted to bring in uh, in attorney Andrew Reed to kind of follow some of these stories nationwide, looks at some of the more interesting things. We have another case we're going to be talking about that has to do with Make America Great Again hat, which (laughs) I love that. Uh, But right now, Andrew Reed is joining us. So start from the beginning. The story in Oregon, why all of these new hundreds of new inmates likely going to be getting some new trials. Yeah, so the Oregon Supreme Court has said that it, if you got a jury verdict on a criminal charge that was not unanimous, then you are allowed a new trial because it created an issue. This all stemmed from a Supreme Court case that basically said when a defendant in a criminal action is charged and the trial is taken to the jury and the jury doesn't come back with a unanimous verdict, that verdict doesn't necessarily cannot stand because that would violate some of the constitutional rights that in particular criminal defendants anyone because you're innocent until proven guilty have in our country so that's where that's the initial part of it what has come about with this particular case was initially a lot of judges were saying that this ruling was not by the Supreme Court was not retroactive so they were saying if your case was tried and decided before the date of that Supreme Court case, then you wouldn't be able and allowed to rescind your verdict and your time served. Now, the Oregon Supreme Court has come back and said, no, it in fact does allow for to be retroactive. And because of that, all these defendants that did not get unanimous verdicts, which can be some cases, People may look at it differently, but at least in some cases would indicate that there may be at least some doubt as to whether the person is truly guilty will at least get a new trial. Mm, that's uh, that's interesting. What do people in the legal community think about uh, think about this ruling? All these people still in prison that weren't convicted uh, unanimously, they get new trials. Like, is there a heavy lean one way or the other? Like some folks say, well, this is just BS or, hey, this is you know, we're making sure that we handle our justice in the United States of America properly. Is there a lean one way or the other? Uh, not from what I've seen. Um, it's one, I, I will say, I haven't talked to a lot of criminal attorneys to determine kind of their feeling on this, but I would say this is one of those, in a lot of respects, this actually only affected a limited number of states because most states do have the requirement that a criminal charge has to be unanimous in order for the jury verdict to stand. So it really only affected a limited number of states. So that that really also has kind of a sway of there's not a whole lot of decision one way or the other. And I'm wondering, because this case, so we just, yeah, uh, last night here in Missouri, uh, we had a, a, a woman used to be a dude until we paid for her sex change while she was an inmate after she raped uh, somebody and dumped their body unceremoniously at the Mississippi River years ago. Um, but kind of the rub there in what a lot of the folks were saying, hey, at least grant this inmate some clemency, something, uh, was because they were found guilty by a jury jury was deadlocked on the death penalty the judge is the one who legally and he has that right he's the one who issued the death penalty that was the rub i guess kind of the bigger question i'm wondering here uh andrew is is there more and more people that are kind of becoming okay with yeah you know 
when it comes to legal and our legal aspects and our justice system, we need to take maybe another look and go through again. Maybe there are some things that we can do differently because I'm thinking about, you know, the cashless bail, which is crazy over in Illinois. Is there a bigger look at, hey, let's say what's been happening here? The, I will say personally, I do think that there's a real large swing in that direction of making sure because you've got, for example, the Innocence Project and a lot of offshoots of that throughout pretty much every state in the country. Um, you've got a lot of people that are really working heavily to ensure that all these things are taken care of in terms of making sure all the evidence is done correctly, that there's not a question of how the evidence is collected, um, making sure that procedures are followed with how police take their actions. Um, it's one, ultimately, a lot of that is going to be very good. Sometimes it does create a lot of I guess fluff and stuff that kind of creates an issue where you can't see the forest through the trees. So sometimes that can be the issue there um, from the aspect of some attorneys. But overall, I think you're, you are seeing a lot of where there is this push to ensure that if a criminal conviction is done, that it and a jury does make that decision, that it is upheld without question. All right, Andrew Reed is an attorney joining us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWS. Interesting case of these uh, uh, new trials for hundreds of, uh, of convicts in Oregon due to a court ruling there. And uh, this story, and it has to do, caught my attention because it has to do with a MAGA hat. And I'm just amazed the people that wet the bed when they see somebody wearing a red. Oh, my God, they got a hat that supports Trump. And you had a school teacher, and he was going into some training sessions and stuff like that. He was wearing a MAGA hat. And in effect, uh, the principal said, hey, you can't wear that again. A uh, guy ended up suing. What happened with his case? Yeah, so a little more background there is that teacher, the principal did actually, um, from my understanding from the reports, actually did kind of make some threats multiple times. And one of the last one was saying, if you wear it again, you're going to need your union rep. Um, it's one that, that can be a big deal, especially for teachers um, coming in for their jobs. But this teacher ultimately, um, some of the background, there were uh, some complaints filed with the school district. The school district dismissed that. So there was some back and forth involved internally within the school district before this teacher ultimately decided to go ahead and file a lawsuit on First Amendment rights, saying that his First Amendment rights had been violated because he was told he couldn't wear this hat. Initially, the judge dismissed this case saying, no, they had, the school district has the right to have control of what's being presented in their classrooms and any perceived biases, anything like that, just going down the, the list there. And it would seem like uh, it would be a simple matter for somebody who's in a position like a principal and, oh, hey, you got to be careful when it comes, um, no matter how offensive you think a red hat that says make America great again, if you find that offensive, then uh, maybe you're the uh, idiot. Attorney Andrew Reedman, thanks for coming by. I saw a couple of interesting stories, and I wanted to get a uh, point of view from somebody that knew what they were talking about these. We appreciate you stopping by this morning. You're welcome. Glad uh, to be on. Yeah, you bet. Jefferson City today. I'm wondering, John, in your mind, some of the big things, legislative, sports betting, does this interest you at all? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's revenue, as we've heard from our lawmakers. Missouri, you know, they've tried a couple sessions in a row trying to do something with sports betting. Meanwhile, with most of the states that touch Missouri already have it on the books. And, you know, it's an issue of money. People 
carrying over to suburban Kansas City, Kansas, and, you know, making their sports bets the way it goes. And it, it's going to get talked up again this year. Whether it moves ahead, I don't know. Now, Senate Minority Leader uh, John Rizzo chatting with her buds at ABC 17 about sports betting. It's been a stalemate that has happened in the legislature for, for quite a while. I think it was actually the first bill um, introduced. So maybe we'll have a crack at it earlier in session. So today, noon, start this year's legislative session. Tomorrow, by the way, show is going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be in Jefferson City all day. Yes, Brandon will be emceeing the governor's prayer breakfast for the second year in a row. And John, Brian, and I will be hosting the show from the Capitol Plaza. And it's a great event because everybody, a lot of folks are there, a lot of elected officials. So we kind of get on the fly comments um, and get to talk to some folks that we don't normally get to talk to because they're all kind of in one location. It's, it's fun to watch Brian try and do the news with a mouthful of scrambled eggs, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, there was, and I can't remember who it was, but you all were chatting with somebody last year at the governor's prayer breakfast. Uh, it was, kinda, it was a, a news-making um, interview. So be Marsh and Bell and Brian Housworth and what's so cool, man, you get people like Brian Housworth and John Marsh questioning some of these lawmakers. You get some real uh, neat stuff. So if you check that out tomorrow, here's the other thing I think that's cool. Something back a year ago, two years ago, you know, some of these things we talk about, this is what's coming up in the legislative session. And some of those things are in place now. I think of uh, marijuana legalization. Incidentally, one of the big things this year, uh, uh, increasing the threshold on how we change the Constitution. Instead of just a majority, it would have to be 6% to make that real for you. Uh, if we were set where we are now at 60, uh, it, it set at 60%, if this does go through, we would not have legalized recreational marijuana, at least through a constitutional amendment right now. Or Medicaid expansion. Medicaid expansion. Or any of the more recent ballot right. measures. So that's something they're going to say, hey, maybe we should, uh, we should in increase the voter threshold because right now it's a, it's a majority uh, and they want it to be 60. Any strong thoughts on that? I'm like, is it the majority? Because that's what I always think. Is it majority rule or two-thirds rule? What, what, what's the line? What's right? You know? That's the argument. Yeah. We've heard from both sides of the aisle, too, on that issue at Capitol on initiative petition reform. Whether should the simple majority rule or should we put a, a little bit of a gateway on it? Uh, and if it's for stuff that I want, I want it the easy way. If it's for stuff <laughs> that I'm against, I want it the hard go. way. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. To act in the name of justice for the marginalized, but it frowns upon American institutions. It rejects merit and achievement, and it advocates identity essentialism. That guy's going to be the next president. Maybe not the next. Maybe not 2024. Maybe 2028. Ron DeSantis, his inauguration speech in Florida uh, yesterday, man. I just like everything about him. There's recent, there's a, oh, there's several publications. You think about the Missouri Independent, Scott Fawns, the Missouri Times, things like that. There was one, I can't remember which one, but one of the publications uh, had recently done some uh, some polling. Uh, amongst uh, amongst folks here in Missouri, I think it was Remington Research Group, but they asked uh, asked folks here in uh, Missouri, uh, or actually they asked lobbyists specifically. Best. That's a reliable group. <laughs> Shout out That's to all my lobbyist all friends lobbyists. and happy first day of session. <laughs> Best guess 
on a Republican presidential nominee in 2024. So these are Missouri lobbyists, okay? Best guess on a presidential nominee in 2024. Uh, you had Trump in there and Ron DeSantis in there. Trump, 10%. DeSantis, 55% among lobbyists in Missouri. Uh... The field, somebody else got more support than Trump. 35% supported the field as opposed to Trump. Uh, and it, listen, I guess 2023, we're still uh, quite uh, quite a ways off, and it's fun to toss out all those names. Well, how about this person for Speaker of the House? How about Jim Jordan? How about this guy? How about, the, how about this guy? And you throw out names fast and furious. And then when we get a year out, maybe we'll narrow it down. But it's DeSantis, one of the names we keep seeing in speech yesterday. You know, maybe it'll go better than expected. I remember it was last year when the House redistricting, now the State House, not the Congressional redistricting that was a dumpster fire, but the House redistricting committee, it was those folks who couldn't decide on a leader on the first day. They had to elect like a committee chair, and I think they ended up spending like 12 hours in a stalemate, stalemate and because it was actually Democrats and Republicans, equal numbers, and they just kept... And it was just, it seemed like chaos. And I think they were the only ones. The Senate ended up not coming to an agreement, but the House actually ended up drawing a map, I believe, John. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was not a good first day, but ultimately they found a way to work together. So I'm kind of channeling that feeling and hoping that, you know, something happens in D.C. today and we can... You know, all sing kumbaya after that's done. <laughs> well, I don't know. I remember when we talked to mid-Missouri state reps like Dave Griffith and Rudy Veet and even Senator Burns Kidder. And there was a lot of, you know, the tail end of session, there was a lot of resentment at how the, especially the senators, held a lot of things up and didn't let things progress. It's like a lot of these things would take, you know, we call, as a matter of fact, off the tax, Rick says uh, chaos in the House is true democracy. Chaos equals democracy. Sometimes democracy is chaos. Sometimes democ chaos is democracy. Well, I mean, and for, and for like a lot of small business owners and a lot of folks I know, I mean, they hope that nothing gets done, right? Like they, a lot of people are, are want the status quo and a lot of lobbyists out there are paid to kill bills. And so the less that gets done, the better. And so you've got folks working in, in both directions. But although I'm sure it was frustrating to be in the house and see all your priorities killed for a lot of people, that's what they wanted. Yeah, limited government. I feel like I'm a philosophizer. Chaos is democracy. Democracy is chaos. Maybe at Stephanie S. Bell will put that out on the tweet. And if not, maybe I can I feel talk. like you should put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> there you go. Uh, welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We do appreciate you being here. Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Howsworth, producer Hannah. My name is Brandon Rather. So we know Joe doesn't like Trump. A lot of folks doesn't like, uh, they don't like Trump, especially. And I mean, when I say that I don't like him, I mean, you know, they're still wet in the bed at night. Joe, I imagine, is uh, one of those. But there's a book. And the, these books, you know, that tell all or whatever, I'm always kind of like, yeah, whatever. Because... A lot of times they're not sourced, can't be fact-checked, but apparently he's walking a friend through the White House after he had moved into there, and Trump had left some things behind, and Joe was just frustrated by that. And uh, and Joe ended up calling uh, Trump to his friend, according to this book, called him an effing a-hole. Now, you would think when it comes to politics, especially when you have two, uh, two folks completely diametrically politically opposed, yeah, there's the name-calling and stuff. But he called him an F&A hole when he took his friend to show Donald Trump apparently had a golf simulator in the White House. <laughs> and he got Joe so upset he called him an A-hole. Like, come on, man. Terrible. Uh, he has a potty just, mouth. Just use the 
golf simulator and right. call it even. Instead of having a hole, be like, hey, thanks for the golf simulator, dude. <laughs> when I get done eating my pudding and wake up from my afternoon nap, I'm going to hit. Oh, swing away at the whole nine at Torrey Pines after breakfast. Amen, brother. Coming up here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, uh, we, so we're going to be looking at some more of these things that are going to be happening in Jefferson City today, some of the events that are happening today, first day of the legislative session, and kind of just some more. You know, it's been a while since we've been 